The Boy Boy podcast uncovers facts related to ongoing investigations. The details of the alleged crimes have not been proven in a court of law. Due to the evolving nature of investigations and legal proceedings, facts and outcomes may change over time. Events discussed may include references to violent crimes, genocide, a bussy, and other potentially distressing topics. Listener discretion is for pussies. Recent declassification of documents from the CIA has implicated Dwayne The Rock Johnson, beloved actor, wrestler, and father of nine children in numerous international crimes and FBI operations in Libya, stretching back to the 1970s. Documents in this release reveal surveillance of the village of Al-Asiva Luango, leading up to the operation. Extensive resources were utilized in the monitoring of the activity of one particular girl in the village. Grayson, we are here today to talk about the heinous crimes committed by The Rock. Particularly, the heinous crimes committed by The Rock in collaboration with the FBI, as documented by the CIA. When you said in, I thought you were going to mention the country, or sorry, the village in which all these crimes took place. You mean the village of Al-Estiva Luongo. That would be the one where all the crimes took place. In the country of Libya. I don't even know if I would call it multiple crimes. It was just one massive crime. Very large, oversized crime. And we're here on episode 300 of Boy Oh Boy, and you could really say this entire podcast, all 299 weeks until now, has been kind of the lead up for this very moment where we are here. We've been perfecting our broadcasting expertise for this very moment to expose, well, Dwayne Johnson for the monster that he is. The international war criminal. He's been in the spotlight for far too long. He's, he's of course, accumulated so much fame over the years, stretching back, I mean, to the 90s, World Wrestling Federation champion. And, I mean... That's an accolade in its own right, and I could never take that away from him. You know, he fought hard to get that championship. But, I mean, then going on to star in movies like Race to Witch Mountain and Tooth Fairy, he's really ascended to the top of Hollywood and achieved just so much. And I'd like to believe in in a concept called karma. I like to believe that when you put good into this world, the world's going to treat you good. That's, 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 that's the, I believe, the dictionary definition of, of karma. I believe so, yes. And to your point, JC, yeah. The Rock has been a spotlight for a long time. Yes. And so we're going to shine a spotlight on The Rock, but a different spotlight. A very different one. We're going to shine a more honest spotlight on The Rock, and one that, I mean, thankfully for, 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 for the, I mean, this great country of America that we live in, 
you know, the fact that we do live in a democracy where these documents can be made public. And a lot of people, like, uh, there was a, a recent uh, release. I don't I don't know the quite the phrasing. You know, I did get my degree in law at the University of Phoenix and all. But top of our class. You're a lot better. Yeah, of course, top of our class. We were graduated the same year, 2020. 2020. Um, from the University of Phoenix. From the University of Phoenix. Uh, Grayson. Um, you're you're a lot more adept with all like the legal jargon, um, and so like I, I don't really like the, the what is it called in the government like kind of declassifies documents. Cool. It is kind of fucking cool. Sorry, I don't mean to use that kind of language, but it's just I get really passionate about this topic because I was a fan of Dwayne for a long time. Right. I really don't from this point forward. I don't feel comfortable referring to him as the Rock. Just because of details we will get into later. Being clear, we will still refer to him as The Rock numerous times throughout this probably, episode. Yeah. Probably. Well, I am still a fan. I was a fan, you know. And probably. Well, yeah. For a long time, I was a diehard fan, um, Grayson. And I've I've had to do a lot of soul searching ever since the declassification of the documents that came out last week um, from the United States government. And... I just I'm really surprised we're the first media outlet to pick up on this story. It feels like it um, requires a lot more attention or deserves a lot more attention than it's been getting. Mm-hmm. But I really think we I mean, we've had we have heard rumblings about this situation for a long time. We've been doing our own personal investigation for a while. And it's just like, honestly, it's kind of perfect that the that declassification lines up with episode 300 of this podcast. The confirmation we really needed to go ahead and make to go public. public. Yeah. Um, with this story where, quite frankly, The Rock has, I mean. It's unforgivable. It's unforgivable. It really is, Grayson. Uh, why, why don't you give some more backstory about what exactly these documents are that we're talking about that were declassified by mr donald trump absolutely jc thank you um so a large portion of the documents and the resources dedicated to the surveillance of alasiva luongo yeah um were dedicated to the surveillance of one particular girl as i mentioned and that girl uh is jenna ortega um who is a 12 year old girl who is living in the village uh, leading up to the events that we will describe later related to The Rock. And to be clear, uh, Alastiva Luongo is a small village in the country of Libya. Correct. You know, yeah, 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 I just want to make sure that's And clear. do you remember what Alastiva Luongo is known for, JC? What is that? I don't know. You put the note. Oh. Oh, oh. Please do fill us in. Yeah, yeah I just I thought you were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they're actually very famous because they have the best view of the eclipse when it happens every 15 years. So a lot of people fly in. <laughs> Not anymore, though. Well, that tradition is now gone. That tradition is now gone because, well, there's a, just a really bad view of the eclipse now. We <laughs> really destroyed that tradition for a lot of people. But that's unrelated to what we're going to be talking about today. Grace. I know it's a, it's a very loaded topic, you know. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's hard to compose ourselves at times, but um, continue, continue. Yeah, so Jana Ortega, um, as I said, was the main focus of a lot of the surveillance leading up to the events that we will describe later related to The Rock. Um, her and her seven siblings all lived in Alastiva Luongo. Um, 
living ordinary lives, um, as far as we can tell, uh, as ordinary as you can get living in Libya. Um, but she personally was a huge fan of the American television show, The Adams Family, um, a true classic, an American classic, but one of the only pieces of media available in her small village. Um, tell us a little bit more about the day in the life of Janelle Ortega. JC. I don't mean to undermine you or undercut you in this moment, Grace, because this is a really sensitive topic. And Janelle Ortega is really kind of central to this case. So I think it's just important we get all the facts right. The shows she was obsessed with, um, and maybe obsessed is, it sounds almost pejorative um, in mm -hmm. this context. The show that she was in love with was All in the Family, not The Adams. It's a common misconception, but it was All in the Family was the show that she really all in the family had yeah, 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 yeah my mistake my mistake no it's okay it's okay it's okay um but what can you tell us about all in the family absolutely nothing okay me neither i'm really i didn't have the same love for it that janelle ortega did i don't think anyone did i mean i i, I believe it was a very popular sitcom in the this is the first time i've ever heard of it okay you've never heard of all in the family no okay i'm sorry about that um janelle ortega would really be devastated i, I don't sure want to put words in her mouth but i just feel like that no there's not much of a mouth left to put words in well we'll get to that later grace and her lack of mouth um she was born without a jaw janelle ortega and it wasn't until she was um 11 years old actually a year before kind of these events that we're talking about that she had one surgically attached to her face I think actually it grew. With the help of modern science, of course. No. <laughs> well, modern science tried to help, and it really was not failed. showing much. It Abysmal. failed miserably. But then Until just, spontaneously she grew her jaw. It was kind of a miracle, and that's kind of why we like diving into stories like these about victims like Janah, where usually they wouldn't have this kind of spotlight shown on them, and... It really extends even beyond the events related to Dwayne that we are going to get to, and that um, really, again, just aren't aren't okay. Again, we'll get to that as as this podcast develops. Um, but even small instances like that, where just I, I think really what it goes to show is just um, kind of the power of God and the little miracles in everyday life that that come along the way. Absolutely. So, if you know a little girl out there who's missing her jaw, just know there's hope. Tell her the story of Jana Ortega. Well, the first part of the story. Not the second Up part. Up to age 11, you want to tell the story. Um, but Jana and her seven siblings, they had a rough upbringing, you know? Their mom would kick them. Um, punch them, you mean? Pu well, she would use both hands and feet. Are you sure about those feet? I, I don't know if you read into the documents related to their mother. Okay. No legs. No legs. So. I don't know if you read into the addendum to those documents, but she actually, I mean, grace be to the power of God or some shit. Her legs did grow back in her late 40s. Wow. Which Incredible. would have been when Jenna, Jenna was like about age seven or so. Wow. Yeah. Truly a family blessed by God. Truly. Until one scorching January morning. January of 2000 and two, zero, 2003. Three. Th sorry, sorry. Just, I, I misread the document there. Um, but what happened that, that scorching January morning in 2003? 
So Janah and her seven siblings awoke as they would on any ordinary day and began their preparations to head to school. They all attended the same primary school there within no, the center of the town. No, I don't mean to interrupt you or, or to undermine what you're saying, Grayson, because, again, the facts of this case, um, they just are important. So I Absolutely, get right. yeah, of course. Their youngest brother was severely autistic, and he went to a different school. Thank you for that clarification, JC. It is an important detail that we will get back to later. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It is. So Janah and her six siblings, who all went to the same school, prepared to go to their primary school together. Um, and her severely autistic younger brother prepared to go to his school with the assistance of um, their mother, because as previously stated, he was severely autistic. Now Janah and her uh, six siblings, after if she would call it help, if you'll remember, she was much very kicking. Abusive. She was kicking the autistic child the entire way to the bus. They had a bus. A short one. Naturally. Mm -hmm. Janah and her six siblings, however, did not have a bus. They did not have a short bus. They walked to school. Um, and on that long walk, um, dreading the day Janah was at that point, um, because she was about to receive back the grade on her most recent paper. Um, and so entering into the school that day, um, she had nerves. The, probably the common anxiety any school child would knowing um, that they're about to receive back marks on a very important essay. Little did Jinnah know that that would be the least of her concerns that day. Because when she entered her school doors, she uh, actually sounded off the metal detectors that her high school had. She was actually a very precocious child. At the age of 12, she was a fully-fledged sophomore in high school. Um, but the metal detectors did sound when she walked through the front doors, and we all know what happened next, Grace, and take it away. They let her through without issue. That's right. But it was a very scary moment for her. Very frightening. Yeah. As it would for any school child, any 12-year-old attending high school Yeah, as a sophomore. Now, continuing on to her most recent essay, uh, she had attended her first couple classes, and then in third period, this is where she would receive her uh, essay back from her um, actually, shockingly enough, English course. Um, mm -hmm. She went to a school that specialized in learning English. It was a dual language school. And so in her English course, this is where she was expecting to get her grade back. Um, and quite sadly, um, she found out that it was a D. Oh, no. Truly. In English. In English. That's really unfortunate. Truly. But certainly not the most unfortunate thing to happen to dear Janah that day. For just as she was receiving that paper back, another student rushed into the classroom and threw up on her. No. I don't like to to really think about this part of the story. You know, when it's I'm tragic. going through my notes, I usually then skip over it just because of, you know, the feelings it kind of stirs up within me. But he did vomit all over her. Um I got in her hair. She had to go to the bathroom, try to wash it out, but there's really no use. The smell, it lingers, you know? Yeah. It just stays there. Also, the water pressure in Alasiva Luongo is notoriously low. Notoriously. So it just kind of like... We know it all the way over here in the States. Like drops of water going onto Can't the Can't do that much. No, it's really not going to help wash the hair. That's why she, of course, went into one of the... Well, she had to wait. There was a line 25 girls deep for the next available bathroom stall. 
And she was the shortest one in the line as a 12-year-old attending she high school. She was. That so point. a lot yeah. of people cutted her without realizing because she was so short. They just didn't know. Didn't. So it took her a little bit longer to get to the front of, front of the line. And when she finally did. So, this is an emotional case for me, Grayson. So I really hope. This is a very different episode of Boy Oh Boy compared to normal, as I'm sure you can tell. Um, it's going to be tense. You heard in the disclaimer before the podcast began, like, uh, there's just a lot of sensitive topics at play here, you know? Yeah, absolutely. When it was Jana's turn to use the bathroom stall. <laughs> it's okay, JC. Just push through, push through. Dumped her head right in it. And the girl before her didn't flush. Not to correct you. Yeah. The last three girls. <laughs> no. <laughs> the last three girls didn't flush. It's devastating. <laughs> mm. And what did she do in that moment, Grayson? Shockingly little. <laughs> Poor Jana did indeed flush the toilet. And after multiple flushings. Mm-hmm. Which it required multiple because Man, of the yeah. notoriously low water pressure in Alastiva Luango. That's right. Um, she did eventually get the preceding three girls' excrement down the toilet. And Thank God. her hair mostly clean. It's good. <laughs> it is a shame that all that cleaning would go to waste as just in that moment, tragedy would strike. Oh, no. And poor Jenna Ortega would be faced by one of the greatest tragedies of her entire life. Can you tell us what that tragedy was, JC? I absolutely can. She walked outside of the restroom. And she bumped into her boyfriend. Which you might be thinking, Jenna is really... She, again, we've established she's this precocious young girl. She's a 12-year-old in a high school. I hope she doesn't have a boyfriend. She did. He was a senior. Um, shockingly enough 11 years old 11 he was a even more precocious young boy um jana bumped into him on her way out of the bathroom and uh this boy his name's davy um who will come i think you learn. mean tommy sorry tommy davy will come into play later in this story um tommy will learn also more about as the story progresses of course um but jana bumped into tommy and they'd been dating for uh, just a couple of weeks at the time you know it, it's the typical kind of romance at that age of 11 and 12 in high young school love. young love young love um kind of still in that honeymoon period um it would come out in actually the documents released by by donald um just last week that tommy was uh Cheating. I think you mean Johnny. Sorry, Johnny was cheating on Jana at just a really concerning rate. Um, he had a lot of other girlfriends at the time that Jana was not aware of. Several 10-year-olds who were juniors at the time. That's right. And so um, when Jenna stumbled out of the bathroom with her hair still just like mildly caked and shit, she ran into Tommy and... Um, the smell. The smell, Jason. Well, the smell was definitely now penetrating the hallways. Like, for sure, it, it was the, the vomit and, and feces still lingering. But what was more disconcerting was the fact that Johnny had two of these 10-year-olds um, hand in hand. In hand in hand. 
and Timmy the ladies man right there let me tell you <laughs> Timmy really was and Janelle was a little concerned at first like yo Timmy who are these two 10 year olds you're with okay and this is a this is a hard for her to get out in any circumstance when she's just absorbed the trauma of having been puked on and dumping her head into some <laughs> shit but then also to then to then walk outside and see Timmy with other girls um she's still learning to talk all during this time we're still fr- like not even 365 days into her having a jaw mm-hmm. you know so it came out and a for like, joe to do this what are you doing yeah that's more what it sounded like when she spoke um and timmy joe joe sorry joe um in that moment uh what did well what did he do again grayson i let me i don't have my notes quite pulled up here and i forget all the intricate details of it's the okay story. i have the uh quote listed here on my okay, notes good. um he said hey babe you smell like shit it's over and then walked off wow devastating words devastating words and before we return to what happened after that moment grayson um i feel like it's important that th- this has been really really tough on me so far um, the coverage of this story, you mm-hmm. know, it's a lot of it hits home. A lot of it's intimately, um, personal. Um, I could really benefit from the use of some added beverage. Um, if okay. that's okay with you, you know, yeah, okay, I know we're on. professionals. I know we have these university of Phoenix degrees, grand Canyon university, grand Canyon university degrees. I just, um, sometimes it's just, I, I'm an alcoholic and I I don't think that takes away from the severity of what Dwayne did, though, you know? Um, and I hope you're kind of on that same page. I mean, I know you can't quite respond. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Grayson is a fellow alcoholic um, as he pops the cork off Listen, of Listen, yes. it's not drinking alone if the dog's home. It's true. It's And all 10 of mine are home, Grayson. Let me tell you that, okay? So, oh, oh boy, he's popping off that cork. Um, and let's also take this this brief intermission in the story of Janelle Ortega. Um, tell you a little bit about our sponsor for today. Our sponsor today is BetterHelp. If you need therapy, go to BetterHelp. Um, I certainly needed therapy after I read these documents released by Donald Trump. Um, and I've been I've been doing it ever since. I, I met a therapist last week. Her name's uh, Marshall, and Marshall's really been helping with the alcoholism. She hasn't quite solved it yet. We're working on it. We're working. It's, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's work a work progress. in progress. I'm a work in progress. We're all works in progress at the end of the day. Um, like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Well, no, I think Dwayne might be a lost cause. Okay, um, and and I just again go to BetterHelp.com if you'd like help with your fucked up head. Grayson, let's get back to Jana Ortega. So and her boyfriend John. Well, John has just broken up with her. Okay, she has shit. And vomit caked in her hair. That's right. That's also right. Um, so what does she do next on this fateful day? Well, throughout that day, you know, you would never imagine how much more things could escalate to just get more devastating for her throughout the day. Um, between the suffering that she experiences at home, the challenges she faces at school, Fish. and then... Uh, the challenges also in her interpersonal relationships. That's right. So many different escalating issues going on for her. It seemed her day could only get worse. It really did. Um, Luckily, it didn't get worse. No, it actually got much better. 
um, as when she made her way to her uh, third period art class that day, um, well, she ran into a boy named Johnny. Not to be confused. With John. No. Or Joe. Or Tim. No. Or Davy. Or Davy. Davy. Um, Davy, who we will still get back to. Davy, we'll get to later. John had this look in his eye. Or sorry, Johnny had this look in his eye. Johnny had this look in this in his eye that um that he probably hung out with some really hot guys. And to Jana's, I mean, just expectation, moments later, seconds later, Davy walks in. The hot guy the that hot she imagined. Guy that surely Johnny was friends with. Um, and these two are, are just going back and forth, the jocularity between them, the electricity between them, they were grabbing each other's balls. Um, and Janan knew in that moment that Davy was the one, um, Davy of course is 18 years old. <laughs> he is an actual senior in high school, uh, not precocious. He's actually especially dumb. He's quite lucky. He's made it this far without failing out or flunking out. <clears throat> um, but that hasn't. Dampened um, his spirits. It hasn't dampened his spirits. No, it hasn't. And if anything, it's a testament to how just skilled he is socially, mm-hmm. um, and that he's uh, been able to to really just get by on how good of a guy he is. You know, right? Um, and Jana, in that moment, having just been dumped, uh, well, she's feeling a little vulnerable in that mm-hmm. moment. She sees Davy in all his beauty. And I don't know what possessed her in that moment, Grayson. But she went up to him and she said, well, you know what she said. I do know what she said. Or rather what she intended to say. Yes. Because circling back to what this story is ultimately about and ultimately coming to. Um, the main topic that we're here to discuss. Yeah. Um, really the tragedy that would unfold for both these two individuals. Neither of them could predict um, that just as this moment when perhaps the beginnings of a beautiful relationship would have begun. The the very sparks that could have started a, a roaring flame of passion um, were cut short, were cut off. Um, they were. Because just in that moment, um, as all of this had unfolded throughout Jenna or Ta- Jenna Ortega's day, um, the lurking shadow of one school bell rang and it was the end of the school day at third period sorry sorry the school day ended during passing period on the way to third period no 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 to clarify okay sorry english was third period we're far past third period at this point, I, sometimes i don't see the f- the left half of the eight and so it just looks like a backwards three and I apologize for Understood. that. Understood. Yeah, totally fair. Thank you. Except that would be a forward-facing three. So I just, it's a really confusing situation for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> as a, stop. Stop. You know this 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 story hits home. Mm-hmm. As a University of Phoenix Grand Canyon graduate. As graduates, top of our class from St. Edwards University. That's absolutely right. Um, they... They... They don't teach us numbers, okay? They say, oh, you should have learned that in grade school. 
Well, I didn't. I was homeschooled, okay? Much like Jana, we both skipped grade school. That's absolutely right. Well, she was too busy getting abused physically by her mother, who at this point in the story, we really need to go back to and focus on. Because as she's getting out of school and she's walking back to her home, um, well, she arrives back to what is ultimately an empty household as her mom, Sharisha, is not there. Uh, and it's it's a little concerning uh, because by this time, her youngest brother, the one who goes to the special school, um, he's usually back with the mom. They're in the kitchen. He's in the hide chair. They're having a good old time preparing dinner, okay? And neither of them are there. And now all six siblings that go to the regular school, they're back at home. They're saying, where, oh, where is our mom and brother? Um they were just running late, though. They they walked in moments later. <laughs> <laughs> really? They walked in moments late. Um, they made dinner like usual. And Grayson, we all know what was for dinner that night. Lasagna. No, it was potatoes. I'm fairly confident. It was steamed potatoes. Mm. With mustard. No, now that you say the mustard part, that does jog my memory. Thank I think you. you're right. I just, yeah, I didn't appreciate the little bit of um, guff you were giving me there, but it's okay. Maybe the lasagna was the previous day. I might have mixed up the notes. I think it was. Okay. I think that actually that might have been breakfast that morning. I think you're right. Yeah. No, yeah. you're right. Yeah. My mistake. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so uh, they, they have dinner. It's potatoes and mustard. <laughs> Janelle's favorite meal. And little did she know that'd be the last meal she'd ever have before going to bed that night. (laughs) (laughs) And go to bed tonight. Go to bed that night she did with her six siblings. Seven. Well, the other one sleeps in that (laughs) other bed. Not the special one. Just the unspecial one. The unspecial. The. Ever since Janal was little, she always noticed her mom treated um, Jimmy a little different. Jimmy had really I think his big name is bug Hans, eyes. Actually. Oh, what was that? Sorry? I believe his name was Hans, actually. Ha- sorry, Hans had yeah. really fucking massive bug eyes. Huge. Huge. Disturbingly so. Mm-hmm. And she always noticed her mom would kick him extra. And Softly. Very soft, tenderly almost. But more frequently. A lot more. But Janelle, like, it, it, throughout, like, her early um, uh, childhood. Jawless years. Yeah, exactly. She developed a kind of, like, jealousy over those soft, tender, frequent kicks. Um, because while they were higher in quantity, they they were a lot more loving. Truly. And so Hans was always kind of the favorite. Um, despite his bug eyes, and so he got his own king bed, um, to himself. Jana and her uh, six other siblings, of course, shared a full-sized mattress. I believe it was a twin. You are correct, actually. Um, it it was a twin-sized mattress. Um, but but take Grayson describe um what happens uh later in 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 that that night. Sorry, when when Jana and her siblings are all asleep. Yeah, of course. So, um, as they ready for bed, all got snuggled up, ready to sleep, ready to slumber, mm-hmm. uh, to rest their way through the whole evening. Little did Jana and her 
seven siblings, including the one on the king-size mattress, Hans. Little did they know that they would not awake until the following morning. And no, and that following morning, Grayson, they all awoke at once in, in, a, in a really sudden start, okay? There was a loud pounding at their door, a screaming kind of coming from like the, the outside. Like it sounded like it was maybe coming from the living room of the home. Um, and all six siblings were like, I mean, again, they were all woken up at once. <laughs> They're kind of in a daze. They're all confused. Um, and that's the last we hear about Jana Ortega in, um, in that day. Um, that, that's really about it. We, we don't know much beyond that. Um, None even. No. Uh, but I really do think it's uh, an important time in this podcast to give uh, another quick mention to our other sponsor this episode, Grayson, who is, of course... Who is, of course... Honey. You can go to honey.com to save on all your web purchases. If you add the Honey extension to your web browser, when you go to checkout and click the Honey button in the top right corner, you'll get so many discounts on your purchase. I just used Honey yesterday when I was making a purchase from reallivesexgirls.com and wow, did they save me money. Absolutely. Yeah. So again, go to honey.com and use discount code BOILBOY to save 17% off your next order from any website on the internet. All of them. Any. So, Grayson, let's return to this story, okay? Of course. Because um, Dwayne Johnson, at about this point in the in the day, okay? Actually, this would be the night. So, we talk about Jenna and her siblings falling asleep that night, okay? <laughs> falling asleep peacefully in bed together. Um, that same night when Jenna is falling asleep... Dwayne hobbles into town. Okay, he's exhausted. Not quite, JC. Okay. Because, in fact, at that point, Dwayne The Rock Johnson had just been airdropped from an FBI helicopter 23 miles from Alastiva Luongo. Of course. And those are, docu- are, those are details of the story that we really weren't privy to until, again, like the past seven Until the so CIA days. released these documents uh, we... related to the FBI had a hunch we (laughs) had some information that led us to believe he would have entered town that night that janelle fell asleep with her siblings um but now that those documents have been released we know a bit more context behind them and Dwayne was airdropped approximately 23 miles outside of alastiva luongo Luongo, which is the town where janelle and stevie and all them were located um and uh, after making the uh, descent, descent from the helicopter, from the helicopter down to the ground, and then the twenty-three mile sprint into El Siva Luongo, and it was a sprint. It, well, he didn't stop not once, and it, it. You'll notice there are parts of this story where, um, you you almost want to give respect and admiration to Dwayne because but don't. You really shouldn't. You should really hold off on doing that. But he just, there are so many miraculous things that he does that you, like are almost inhuman that you would deserve respect if it were any other person doing them. But when you consider the events of, of that, 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 I mean, what, what we're about to talk about really takes 
place over the course of a week. Um, One of which is, of course, the 23-mile sprint, which you accomplished in a short time span of only three and a half hours. Three and a half hours is exactly that. And again, that's that's exactly another example of, of this this really superhuman ability that Dwayne seems to possess. And you want to, again, give him his flowers for that. Um, and it's hard not to, you know? But Dwayne... But don't. 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 Okay? He makes a sprint into town. He's exhausted. Because, I mean, as superhuman as he is, what's the second half of superhuman? Human. That's right. So he's a little tired. Okay? He's a little tuckered out when he shows up in Alice. Not to be confused time. with Tucker Carlson. No. Who is always tuckered. That's absolutely... Or Tucker Knight, who who is always rearing to go. The opposite of tuckered. That's absolutely right. Um, so, so. <laughs> Pull yourself together, JC. We I'm have a sorry, job I do. apologize. Dwayne The Rock Johnson is really exhausted at this point, and he's hobbling into all of Steve Luongo with nothing but a bazooka and a handgun in his bazooka, possession. Bazooka, a single rocket and a handgun. Well, of course, the bazooka, there's only ammunition for, I guess, one theoretical firing of said bazooka. And then there is the handgun, okay? Um, and he's making his way into town. Uh, and again, this is all factual. You can find this in the documentation released by the American government recently. We highly encourage uh, yeah. reading this documentation for yourself to verify. If you check the notes um, over on boyoboy.net, uh, you will see all the links uh, provided for you to really... Um, Make what you want to of this case, because, of course, we're going to avoid being as subjective as possible here. You know, we're going to try to just stick to the facts. Um, but at the end of the day, I really recommend any listener do their own research, make of their course. own judgments. Because, I mean, yeah, as much as we want to be unbiased, we're human, you know. Even though we are graduates of Harvard Law School, top we, of our class. We really are. We really are. Um, and so you, you think we'd be in as prime position as anyone to, to really come on here and and you know, uh, create a, a podcast where we, we keep our biases out of things. And I think we do right. do a generally good job of that. But again, just to ensure everything, mm -hmm. you do your own research. You yeah, know? absolutely. Listen to objective fact, as we all know, is subjective. It's true. So go read it, do your own research, see what you think about it. Okay. Like we don't, we don't want to be putting any opinions in your mouth. We don't want to do that. Especially right after you regroup your jaw. Not after. Exactly. Exactly. And so an exhausted Dwayne The Rock Johnson with a bazooka and handgun in tow, he makes his way to um, the nearest. There there are five Holiday Inns in Alistifa Luongo. He makes his way to the nearest one. Um, and you know what happens next, Grayson. Absolutely, JC. The exhausted Dwayne The Rock Johnson reaching the nearest Holiday Inn. Shockingly enough, not the Holiday Inn on the outskirts of town, but one of the Holiday Inns. <laughs> Incredibly close to the center of town. Well, it, I mean, that might sound a little weird to an outsider, but Dwayne, when he was in his um, full sprint, uh, he was he was really into it. He was really in the zone, so he ran a little further than he needed to. Didn't anticipate having to stop at some point no until his body gave out and that was right at the town center holiday inn um where as he collapsed from exhaustion 
on the front step, um, a wonderfully kind lady, a generous uh, resident. Of and Stibu. I don't want to correct you or, or anything, but again, I just I feel like this is a really important of course, case. Of course, and now that do. we're yeah. away um, from Jana and more on The Rock, who is really the man we want to be holding accountable today, mm-hmm. I feel like getting all the specific details is really important. So Dwayne did collapse, and a very kind lady did uh, come into the scene, come into the fold very soon thereafter. Mm-hmm. But Dwayne had actually gone into the front door of the motel, Holiday Inn. No, you're right. Yeah. And um, he, he checked in. He got his keys room. and everything. Um, and, and on the way to the room, exactly. collapsed on the front step he, he, of an unrelated room. Precisely. Occupied by the nice lady and her three children. Yeah. Um, who, with just the absolute most generosity in her heart, the generosity you would expect from a resident of Alasiva Luongo, the notorious, well-renowned generosity and kindness of uh, the residents of Alasiva Luongo, um, her and her three children were so kind as to drag the rock and his accompanying weapons um, into their home, their room at the Holiday Inn. This is one of those moments of, Real just like human connection, the human element in this case that I really hope doesn't get lost because I know we're here to hold Dwayne accountable. And I know as a podcast and and honestly, a lot of these these podcasts to focus on holding people accountable, all these like kind of true crime podcasts, if you want to call us that we we get lambasted on social media for being like oh they don't care about the victims oh they don't care they're just they're capitalizing they're making money off of these crimes these these hor- horrible things this is one of those moments where just pay attention to again just how good humans can be in that they they took in Dwayne, this man, this this giant man who just collapsed in their town. He's clearly a foreigner. He's not from Alastiva Luongo. He looks nothing like them. The average Alastiva Luongian is obviously like that. They, they, well, they I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but what was the average height of an Alastiva Luongian was was five foot one. And so when the Rock wanders in the town, he's gonna stand out, you know, and this this hulking man is you know he's he's seen in a time of need and they provide that that help for him that's beautiful absolutely and it really was a time of need as after that 23 mile sprint through the desert um the rock was drained um the collapse of exhaustion would prove to be um the effects of a heat stroke as after that sprint um Dwayne the rock johnson would take days uh, to ultimately recover. Um, his ailments, truly profound. Um, shocking that he was able to exert himself to such an extent over the course of that 23-mile sprint. Um, but even more shocking were the details of his recovery. Tell us a little bit more about the details of that recovery, JC. Well, it's just a lot, Grayson. Mm-hmm. Okay, it was days long. The Rock, he, again, the that 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 second half of the term superhuman Dwayne's a human okay and while he sprinted and made that that beautiful beautiful sprint that he did in such a short time span it took a toll on his body and that toll was really about what was it like three days or so of needing to recover 
approximately three days approximately yeah. three days and he was really just in a way during that time you know he he i it, you it, would think sapped of energy after that it would have been mostly immobile for the course of those three days yeah but, but that immobility really only lasted for like the first couple hours or so after the family dragged mm -hmm. him into their home at the motel six holiday inn and it was after that, like, about three-hour mark or so that he really, I, I wouldn't say awoke because he was clearly still in some kind of haze, mm -hmm. but it was in that haze that just this kind of wave of energy kind of coursed through him, and it didn't stop for the remainder of his recovery until mm -hmm. he was able to stand again. Um, where it, I think really quickly, this yeah. is an important time to note that most of what we know about the uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnsons time in Alastiva Luongo was documented due to an audio recording. Um, this audio, re audio recording was recovered by the CIA from the FBI who was monitoring his situation. There was a, a tapping on the radio signal that was being transmitted from the rock to his handlers at the FBI mm -hmm. um, that captured most of the ongoings. Now, the recording we have as part of the public um, has been heavily redacted. Um, but has. what we detail throughout the course of uh, the remainder of this podcast uh, will be the details that we can recover from that redacted version, as well as uh, several testimonies from individuals who have listened to the full recording, who have given us a little bit of additional information. You're absolutely um, right. Now, continue with what happened over the course of those three days with the understanding that this is mostly based on the recovering of these audio sources. Well, I'm glad you bring that all up right now because this is about the point in the documentation that was released when the redactions do begin showing up popping up you know i was reading through all the documents at this point everything about janah everything about the about Dwayne's airdrop and everything i was like oh my goodness the transparency here between us and the government is um astounding yeah unprecedented even you know like w we really do have a case here we really this is kind of confirming everything we've been suspecting since 2017 when we began this project that is boy oh boy um and so uh the redactions begin here when Dwayne again has this like weird course of energy and again this is all kind of gathered from the audio that we have <laughs> right and you can listen to it for yourself boyoboy.net um and uh it, it's hard to know exactly what he said in this moment um, but it seems that anytime you'd hear audio of one of these children or the mother who is helping bring Dwayne back to health, who nursing him to health with potatoes and mustard. That's right. Whenever they would enter um, the room, um, he would start um, just screaming. And the only reason thrashing, thrashing. Well, there were a lot of like bodily. Like, you can hear Convulsing. the thrashing, right? Um, but the the words that were said are a little bit unclear. Um, a lot of them began with. Um, the letter F, a lot of them began with the letter N, um, a lot of them began with the, um, um, well, just, I, I, it was a lot of, it was it's unclear. This is, again, where the redactions began. Mm -hmm. um, but what was clear, and oddly enough, not redacted at all, um, were the numerous racial epithets. <laughs> <laughs> Such as? That he threw against the Libyan family. Uh-huh. Um. I don't feel comfortable personally repeating them. Um, I do have them in here in my notes. Um, if you would like to read them off, GC. Well, luckily enough, we actually have our correspondent, Stephen, who is here to read off all of them for us. Um, Stephen, take it away. 
Thank you for that, Steven. Thank you. Yeah, you can just hear kind of um, what it would take for someone to say something like that. You know, it like, feels like such a sincere, deep-hearted hatred. It does on one hand, right? Because mm-hmm. like just how visceral that is, how disgusting that behavior is. But on another hand, you, you, you feel like it's almost not Dwayne in that moment. You feel like right. there's some power, like there, there's something else, some other force um responsible and and i don't mean to take any responsibility away from Dwayne. we're here to hold them accountable but it's just the Dwayne that we know the the Dwayne that we see later on in the audio recording when he is nursed back to health it doesn't match kind of the version of him that we get here right. in this moment when he is essentially bedridden he's unable mm-hmm. to get up uh he's i mean again like he's being nursed to health by a bunch of children essentially mm-hmm. you know um, and it's just, you know, really, t- truly a testament to the generosity and kindness of this family that through the thrashing, through the yelling, through the screaming, that they continue to nurse him back to health. And not only that. Um, well, that is also important to note, too, that all the racial epithets were um, targeted toward, um, well, the Chinese. So it really like maybe things would have gone different if, you know, Libyans were involved in this scenario. Right. I will also note. Um, mm-hmm. That this Libyan family could not understand anything that The Rock was saying. None of them spoke English. Of course, being a Libyan family, they uh, solely spoke Spanish. Of course. Of course. Um, and so, yeah, even if The Rock... Sorry. and I, Honestly, I'm, I'm very... I want to really take accountability for that. I'm sorry for calling him that. I don't mean to empower him in that way. Dwayne, um, if he had been saying those epithets in... Uh, in, in, in direction of the Alice Diva Luangian population, it really wouldn't have made a difference. But I just feel like it is worth noting his hatred for the Chinese people. Absolutely. Unlike his very similar, equally famous and popular, also wrestler, friend, John Cena. I wouldn't necessarily call them friends. They did battle at No, that's actually fair. Yeah, my mistake. Um, yeah. No, they probably hate each other. They really do. Probably over this Chinese thing. Probably. Pro- yeah. I, I would imagine at least it fuels into it, you know, a little bit. Like Absolutely. Like one time Dwayne did get Maddie B. Raps to dress up like John Cena and there's just insulted him a whole bunch. I f- personally don't feel even good talking about that. I feel like that was a bit of a low blow as well. Another example of how mm. um, kind of morally shortcoming Dwayne can be. And that one was in the public light and like before these documents were released. So mm-hmm. there were, I guess, hints here and there in the public. Of how morally corrupt Dwayne was. Little did we know. Yeah, the full extent of that moral corruption. Absolutely. Now, um, over the course, and thanks to the generosity of this kind Libyan family, uh, Dwayne was eventually nursed back to health. Absolutely, full Um, health. And uh, they, throughout the course of this, figured that the rage was part of the heat stroke, part of the illness that he was recovering from. Um, Little did they know that uh, once his body regained strength... Six days later, on the faded morning of January the 10th, with a crazed look in his eyes, um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson would spring into action. Can you detail to us the beginnings of the events that would unfold? I will detail those for you. I, I would start by even going back a few steps to correct you and saying it wasn't even a sprint. It was more of a, a light jog after how unfortunate his first um, bit of sprinting went earlier in this story, you know? Of course. Um, he was a little bit uh, 
more cognizant of his body's capabilities at that point, you know. So it was a light jog um, into kind of the, the outside of the, the Holiday Inn that he was staying at. He was nursed to health, and none of the, the children nor, nor the mother were home at the time when he woke up. Uh, and he made his way outside the Motel 6, the, sorry, the Holiday Inn, uh, and he, he noticed that uh, there were a lot of people outside, actually, Grayson. You know, and, and as small of a town as Alice Luongo is, you know, and uh, the the people that he saw were all like kind of heading in one central direction, <laughs> um, and he he noticed this, went back inside now with his full strength. Again, Dwayne was here sent on a mission. Okay, Dwayne was airdropped in by the, I mean, by the FBI. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I mean, our just, government our own government and it's it's hard to say our government right because the cia is who released these documents right so there are good guys there are bad guys right but all dwayne's mostly dwayne being the bad guy that's right that's right um so he's airdropped in he's on a mission he's going to alistiva luongo he's going to scope this, this this town out and he apparently he's 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 maxed out his own resources he's maxed out his own abilities mm-hmm. um and so now recovered, okay. He's he's fully come to. It seems it's, it's hard he to tell. He realized his body was ready. That's right. And again, we we only have the audio recording. So when we say his body was ready, it's really just us inferring from what we were able to hear. In addition to the fact that he woke up that morning and said, "My body is ready," he said it no fewer um, than two hundred times um, before he walked out the front door. And when he did walk out the front door, you notice he, he, he quieted down a bit. You know, not much was spoken from Dwayne after he did walk out mm-hmm. that front door. Again, notice everyone was there, went back inside. Uh, it, it, again, we don't have video evidence of this, but what you can tell from the audio is it sounds like he's picking up his bazooka. Uh, it sounds like he's picking up his handgun. And it sounds like he's heading back outside and making his way toward the direction of all these people that that, mm-hmm. that seem to be walking in against a very small town Grayson mm-hmm. um and that can't be overstated how small of a town Alice Steve Luongo is uh but the one kind of attraction to the residents of Alice Steve Luongo um is the market um there is a market at the center of town that takes place once in a blue moon that's right as you might say um, once again, this town is very centered around the solar eclipse, the moon, lunar cycles. Once on a blue moon, the town gets together in their square for a conjoined market uh, where all the residents get together to either purchase or sell their wares. Um, right. It's an incredible community activity, something that has really joined this community together for a long time. It's a beautiful thing. Like, and we talk about the human element in these cases. Absolutely. Community is really important here, Grayson. Mm-hmm. The community around Alistiva Luongo um, and their Blue Moon Market was a beautiful thing. Uh, and I, I wish that's really what we were covering today. I wish we could just cover how uh, kind of great of a time the Blue Moon Market was. You know, like it, it sounds great. There was a Ferris wheel. There were donkeys, hot air balloons. There was a dunk tank with a Chinese guy in it. There was a lot going on. At the Alice Steve Lungwong Blue Moon Market. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What? What? I mean, I know you never had a chance to visit when it was still in operation, mm-hmm. but like, if you were to go back in time, you know, what? What do you think your favorite part of the the market would be? Well, I can tell you what it certainly wouldn't be. What's that? Quite tragically. Oh no! 
at this particular blue moon market, um, quite unfortunately, coincidentally, um, just in a freak accident, yeah, for no clear reason, by small coincidence, an oil truck, honestly, the only oil truck um, that ever refuels the town, um, happened to be passing through on the same day as the blue moon market. I mean, you say happens to be passing through town. Everyone knows that the only time um, the LST Willowongians are able to fuel up on fuel is during the blue moon market. You know, that's when the, the, the fuel tank comes to town. Well, the fuel tank comes to town every Saturday. It was a coincidence sorry. that the blue moon market fell on a Saturday. You're right. Sorry, 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 sorry. But it's also like, it's just, it's a little weird. Like, it, <laughs> What's more startling is that they parked it in the center of the market. It's true. And they didn't know, like the market hadn't been set up yet by the time they parked there. Right, but it made the fuel tank wholly um, unusable and, and 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 kind of useless when the market built around it, and the short bus for the special school couldn't even access the oil tanker in the middle. That is, of course, the only motor vehicle in the entire village of Alice Luongo. Of course. So it's a little like by the time the market cleared the fuel boys had to get on the go and the short bus was already gone. Right. It was for naught. Yeah. And that's really the, the sad part here. Another part of the human element, the special kids couldn't get to school that week. Little did they know they wouldn't need to. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. Because as the rock shows up to the market that day, having following, having followed the crowds, um, that had been moving in that direction. Um, he noticed that oil truck. Um, and throughout this whole time, as we mentioned, the rock had been carrying a single rocket along with his bazooka. And he knew this was his opportunity to take advantage of that one rocket with the oil tanker in the center of town. Um, That's true. And seizing that opportunity, the rock utilized that one rocket for his bazooka, took aim, and uh, launched it directly, uh, not quite at the oil truck, um, but actually at the small stall of kittens about 30 feet away. Um, tragically, the fire did eventually spread to the oil truck and caused massive damage as it exploded and erupted into flames that spread across the entire town. Um, but really just startling that the rock would focus on the kittens when presented with such an opportunity in that moment. And this is the point at which... We want to go a little bit further back, okay? And this is going beyond the documentation released by the government just a week ago. We want to go back to um, really what we know about the personal life of Dwayne Johnson. Um, and, and his deep hatred of kittens. And his deep hatred. Exactly, Grayson. If you go back to like any interview he's done within the past 15, I mean, I, even before that, like really most interviews he does, even if it's like a five-minute interview with like the Hollywood Insider. Somehow it still gets brought up. His it really does his, his absolute hatred for kittens, and it was only in one specific interview with Playboy magazine where he really went into depth um, about how his his mother um, used to gut kitchen get, get, get gut gut. Sorry, I just it's a lot to talk about. Grayson, take it. Just take it, Grayson. I just I can't do this. I just can't. His mother had a kitten. And the rock it. hated it. It was ugly. No, that cat. was the whole story. No, yeah. he actually it was mostly indifferent to that kitten. I'm sorry. You're right. Yeah. 
You're you're absolutely um, right. Um, but we figure there was probably some bad experience with that cat. Uh, just because he does blow up like a cradle full of them or something. Yeah, something must have been involved. Yeah, yeah, we don't really know. It's a hard connection to draw hard there. Get, I, but do your own research, guys. Please do. Listen to the Playboy interview by Playboy magazine. Um, just also available on boyoboy.org. That's absolutely right. We have a PDF copy available for twenty dollars, um, and we'd really really appreciate it if you'd help out. Right. Um, so in the ensuing chaos, um, everyone's efforts was to help the wounded from the uh, fires that ensued from the kittens that exploded the oil truck and spread the fire across the entire That's town. Right. Um, but the rock really took advantage of that chaos. Um, in order to finish the job and write uh, and wipe out the remaining uh, Stephen Luongians. And all um, of their cats. All of their cats. Um, the 37 minutes of tragedy are actually going to be picked up almost in their entirety by the radio transmitter um, that was transmitting back to the FBI continually and was picked up by the CIA. Um, some audio was redacted, but for the most part, it is intact and in total. Over the course of the unredacted audio, a 212 rounds fired from his handgun were picked up on the track. It's just disgusting. Inside sources confirm um, and have come forward to Boy Boy and confirm that uh, additional rounds might have been fired over the course of the redacted audio. Um, So it's just important to keep in mind the scale of this tragedy, how he managed to carry uh, so many rounds probably played into how exhausted he was when he reached the Holiday Inn. It's true. Um, and you can listen to that full interview with our inside source, um, our anonymous inside source, over on xvideos.com, which you can also find linked to on boyoboy.net. Just or boyoboy.org. Again, for you to do all your research. Of course. Find. So also caught on the audio among the screams of his many uh, victims... Um, it was The Rock himself. Um, and he was speaking in the third person continually throughout the whole course of this entire uh, audio recording. Uh, he hardly ever referred to anything that was going on outside of the third person. Um, he very self-referential, very um, out-of-body experience clearly for him. Um, and most notably, he spent a considerable amount of the time over the course of those 37 minutes whispering quippy one-liners um, and catchphrases to himself, again, in the third person. Um, one source of ours, um, though much of this has been redacted over the course of uh, the one-liners and the quips, we have one source of, our, source of ours. provided unredacted audio of the mm-hmm. entire, um, I guess, transgression, transgressions. Like, it, it's a lot, and we... I, I don't feel comfortable personally releasing the audio. I feel like it's best kept between us and our source for now. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe At least for now, because we don't want this trace back to our source. We would hate to. It's true. Yeah. So hopefully one day with enough push, with enough shove, the government will fully um, release, release this audio. Exactly. Um, we will, however, say many of these quips and one-liners here for you now. That's right. On this podcast. Would you like to begin, JC? Um, I would, because this first one was... Um, it felt really insensitive, you know? I think we can probably take turns just reading these off. I think I'd we hate, should. I don't think we should even continue with commentary over this portion. No, Let's it's just read it. Yeah. It's just... These that, speak for themselves. They really do. Like, it's mm-hmm. just... It's, it's, it's truly unnecessary. It's disgusting. Let's just give you the facts. 
you can make your own judgment. We're not here to editorialize. Um, and so one you of begin his for us, quippy yeah. one-liners, if you want to even call it that, after um, a couple rounds of his handgun went off, mm-hmm. he said, Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Libyans. The rock is cooking Libyans. Mm-hmm. I've followed it up by, Finally, the rock has come back to kill more Libyans. Followed by, beat it, liberal. Go wash your ass. The rock is laying the smackdown on your Libyan ass. This is what you get for voting... For for voting... This is what you... This is what you get... This is what you get for voting for Bill Clinton. And probably most disturbingly, this quote from The Rock, you look like a homeless Power Ranger. That's gross. Disgusting. I may have to to bleep that out in, in post. I apologize for saying it. And I appreciate you having the foresight to do that because it's not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, I see you squirt. This is an audio podcast. We don't have video yet. And boy, oh boy, we're still working on the funding for all that. Um, I see you squirming in your seat as you say that line. And I understand it. And I, I want you to know that you're not doing a bad thing in saying that. We're holding Dwayne accountable. Accountable. Yeah. Um, it's also important to note that there were 17 separate instances of the rock shouting, boom, nut shot, followed by the wails of agony of 16 men and one woman. <laughs> This is not okay. It really puts into perspective just the heinousness of these crimes. Absolutely. And I just, I feel bad because I know we gave a trigger warning at the beginning of this podcast, but we've really gotten into the thick of Mm -hmm. really um, the bulk of the atrocities here. Um, And I totally get it if you need to tune out of the podcast now, if it's become too much to handle, you know, prioritize yourself and your own Mm -hmm. mental health. Uh, that's what's important here. Again, betterhelp.com, mm-hmm. um, promo code boy, oh boy. Uh, and just do what's best for you, betterhelp.com, promo code boy, oh boy. So Absolutely. Just, um, let's drink to that. Um, Indeed. And this is a great time to plug our final sponsor here for the episode, HelloFresh. Yes. HelloFresh is the premier meal delivery service where you can have recipes and their ingredients delivered straight to your door um, in collaboration with Boil Boy for this special episode of the Boil Boy podcast, episode 300. HelloFresh is offering a special deal on potatoes and mustard, a special recipe that they are providing um, in conjunction with Boil Boy in our episode here today to give you the most authentic Alastiva Luongo recipe with ingredients sourced directly from Libya um, and the recipe coming straight from Jana Ortega's home family recipe. And I know for potatoes I've been and mustard. loving my potatoes and mustard that HelloFresh sent me. I've been eating it every day for the last 71 days since HelloFresh sent me my year-long supply of potatoes and mustard. It tastes so good. I only have one month left. I keep eating them. I hope they send more. I hope they sponsor our next episode. But let's get back to the topic at hand, Grayson. Well, you forgot the promo code. Oh, sorry. If you would like to order order your own year-long supply of 
potatoes and mustard, feel free to use the Boyle Boy promo code Boyle Boy Podcast at checkout for 17% off your potatoes and mustard order. And just before we end this this advertisement, don't eat all your potatoes and mustard in the first two months. Don't do it. Back to our regularly scheduled program. After the initial rampage, The Rock spent three... (laughs) Continue. After the initial rampage, The Rock spent three additional days in the city of Alasiva Luongo, faced with miles of treacherous desert in every direction and no transportation due to the lack of fuel. The fuel was consumed in the fire, as we know, and the short bus did not survive. The remaining population of the village was left to attempt to hide from The Rock in what remained of the now-ruined buildings Um, three days worth of audio was occupied primarily by the nonsensical ramblings of the rock interspersed with cries of his uncovered victims his ramblings included such topics as his frustration with cool ranch doritos an insistence that global warming is popular is a communist psyop um and inter-race marriages primarily the lack of them of course um, for a three-hour period, The Rock also seemed convinced he was the Tooth Fairy. It's true. Um, and then you could also uh, hear him. Uh, it, it seems like he had a phone with him this entire time that he, he pulls out at about this point, an iPhone. Um, and he's narrating the entire experience. And again, you can check this out. It's unredacted, actually, in the recordings from the government. Onboyoboy.org. Onboyoboy.org. Um, and, uh, he, as he's at at this point, after committing all these just disgusting crimes, this is, it's almost just goes to show the heinousness of what he's doing. The fact that he, he could have it in him to then follow up. I mean, what was quite frankly murder. He's just murdered a massive number of people. And now to hear him pull out his phone go to and he said and and i'm going to start quoting here at this point the rock is opening up his instagram and going to madison pettis's instagram page wow look at her wow look at her oh my goodness look at her in the year 2003 and that's five years (laughs) before the iphone was invented just unacceptable unacceptable why would he do that Unbelievable. Disgusting, even. I don't quite understand the actions of a man as heinous as he. No. But I'm not here to Who understand could? him. I'm Who here could? to hold him accountable. Absolutely. Um, so, after that period, there was a, a noticeable chunk of six hours of audio that was missing. Part of the redactions that were made by the CIA as they released these FBI documents. Um, between the hours of uh, 2006 p.m. <laughs> between the hours of uh, 2.06 p.m. And 8.15 p.m. on his final day before extraction. Um, No one is entirely certain what happened during these six hours. Uh, There's a lot of speculation surrounding it. Um, But as, you know, licensed barristers ourselves. Yeah. Graduates of Oxford University. We are. Top of our class. Well, I mean, you did pretty well. Um, I did okay. It would be uh, wrong enough of us to really, you know, speculate. It's no, not we're, we're at worthy the end of, the of day, our position. We are here to report on on fact. On right? fact. Uh, we and you can double check our facts um, by listening to any of the audio recordings, as well as find full documentation on a uh, pornhub dot com. You're right. 
um, and fully you available. And say there. we triple checked our facts because we all sent it to our um, editor, our official editor of Boy Boy, Stephen, for official fact checking. Stephen, tell us more about the process that you did for the fact checking uh, now. Yeah, please do. So you'll see that we're very thorough here at Boy Oh Boy. We don't like um, to leave any stone unturned. And the stones we don't feel comfortable turning, we leave them as is. And of course, thank you to our incredible editor, Stephen, for all the hard work he puts in as he detailed right there. We couldn't do this without you. Um, thank you for all your efforts. And we also couldn't do it without our final, final sponsor of the episode, Hymns. Go to hymns.com. If you've been experiencing erectile difficulties, if you've been experiencing hair loss, if you've been experiencing any mental health difficulties ranging from depression all the way to paranoid schizophrenia. Or hey, maybe you're a sleeper agent for the FBI. Hims can help with that too. They really can. Go to hims.com and meet with a medical professional to discuss really whatever it is you're struggling with. If it's a soft penis, if it's a soft mind, Hims can help. Go to hymns.com and use promo code boy oh boy for 17% off at checkout. Do this now before you find yourself in Libya. And you will get 17% off all of your therapy for the rest of your life with hymns.com. Thank Grayson, you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> of course. Uh, what happened next? <laughs> Well, after the six hours of redacted audio, all we can tell is that the rock was eventually extracted. Um, we believe he was extracted via helicopter by the FBI and its operatives. Um, and that is about where the radio transmission cuts off. Oh, wow. Um, by that point, uh, there's very little details that we have. It seems a CIA surveillance of the operation focused primarily on the location of Al Steve Luongo. And uh, that extraction is not heavily documented. It's true, and again, as barristers, we really can't comment on what happens. Everything we've commented on thus far, from Janah to Dwayne, has really been based on the audio recordings we've received from the government and even from all the investigation we've done in the past six years, right? This six hours of undocumented audio, we really have limited information on. We don't have sources, we don't have audio, we don't have anything. And so again, it's just, we don't feel morally right to speculate on what happened in these six hours. Um, all we know is that the audio picks back up and mm -hmm. the rock is being extracted. Um, and that about ends what was ultimately a, a complete and total warpath that right. Dwayne had unleashed upon Alice Diva Luongo and its citizens right um and quite honestly as uh, licensed attorneys licensed under of uh, the canadian system of justice that's right um and graduates of the university of toronto i personally um, graduated from the university of newfoundland but continue separate schools both top of our class that's right um you know it, it's really an obligation of our positions uh, our licenses, our obligation to the general public to not speculate on those six hours. Um, but I personally, not to speculate. Yes. Um, think he probably just sat there and hummed a little tune for most of those six hours. What do you think, JC? Well, as a graduate of Education Connection, I personally have to agree with that assessment that you put forward. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like a lot of humming would be very characteristic of Dwayne, and you look at a lot of his behavior in current life, 
um, and even what he was doing back in those early 2000s, it was primarily humming. Okay, if you watch any of his World Wrestling Federation matches matchups um, against anyone from uh, from Kama Mustafa to 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 Paul White, there was humming. If you really listen close, you hear the rock humming, and specifically the tune of Kesha's TikTok years before it came out. And how that happened, I really don't understand. It remains a mystery to this day. It really is. And and that's part of our research. Um, we're, of course, putting out this episode because of circumstance. It's episode 300 of Boy Oh Boy. You must wonder, how much of this was Kesha privy to? You have to. And again, I as graduates of... Um, sorry, where, where did we go to school again? BetterHelp. Better, as graduates of BetterHelp, we really... Um, we don't want to speculate, per se. No. Um that'd be wrong of us even it, it, it probably our degrees would be revoked at that point a betrayal of Alamo Kesha University Kesha was in the helicopter that the rock was extracted um to it seems all likely yeah all signs point to it okay because she became famous when the late 2010s what was she doing in the early 2010s oh she was in school no she wasn't she was working for the FBI as a sleeper operative and extraction agent for the Rock after his operations in Libya. It's true. She's been training with him since day one. Since day one. Kesha is just as morally reprehensible here. I mean, granted, she didn't commit those murders, but we haven't even talked about the, the, the crimes over in, in Albania. We will get to the crimes of Kesha in Albania on a future episode, in I'm sure. Trait. But that's not what we're here today um, to do. Just know. Yeah, as graduates of, of Brown University, we know how to prioritize. We do. We do. And again, that we're still working on that investigation, okay? So take that with just a grain of salt. What you can take with a grain of, of not salt. What's bigger than salt? Sand. What you can take with a grain of sand is the fact that Dwayne Johnson is a monster he is a criminal and in the year of 2003 he invented the song tiktok he invented the song tiktok that would later be released and published by kesha and then that weird abusive producer but also the fact that he wiped out an entire village of innocent steven luongians and let's circle back to that because the final death count after the course of this operation um, the FBI details later inspection of the aftermath puts uh, the confirmed death toll at about 96. Um, now, that might sound shockingly low, but in a town or a village, rather, with a population only of 173, um, that's a shockingly high death toll, especially when you consider um, no confirmed survivors. No, not a one. You must conclude that uh, the other individuals who lived beyond the 96 who were confirmed to have died likely were disfigured beyond comprehension um, and unable to be recognized even as human corpses by that point. At least to an extent, because we all know that um, prior to the events we've just talked about in the year 2002, just a, a really brutal um, bout of AIDS wiped through Alice Luongo. And the census was conducted prior to 2002, so to what number, like what extent AIDS was responsible and what extent Dwayne was responsible. Again, we're not here to speculate as graduates um, of uh, the University of Texas at San Antonio. So it's just, we, we don't know. 
Is it AIDS? Is it The Rock? Sorry, is it Dwayne? We're not here to speculate on that. We just know that at least 90 plus people were decimated at the hands of Dwayne Johnson Mm -hmm. um, and presumably more. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's important to note um, just the efforts that it took for all this to be uncovered. Because after 19 years of mystery surrounding the disappearance of the population of Alastiva Luongo, it wasn't until documents were released by the CIA that we got this confirmation of FBI involvement um, that implicated Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Um, it's unclear exactly why this occurred, but the CIA had been conducting surveillance of the village and its population, unrelated to FBI activity at the time. Um, it's only through investigation over the past two decades performed by the CIA that the public has even been made aware of a uh, the FBI's involvement. So we should definitely take a moment here as graduates of Full Sail University to say, fuck the FBI. And thank you to the CIA. That's right. Uh, the motive of the FBI's attack, as well as the CIA's surveillance, remain largely unknown. And as licensed attorneys at law and graduates of Grand Canyon University, we will not engage in speculation. No, we would never. Um, and despite these documents being released, perhaps even more than a year ago, but being really brought to the public uh, about a week ago, public outrage outrage, outrage has been mild. Um, both the actions of the FBI at large and The Rock as an individual. Dwayne. I've gone broadly unprosecuted. Um, oddly enough, um, one individual, um, shockingly also named Hans, yeah. Much like the boy from Alice Steve It Longo, was a very has gone prosecuted. And Alice uh, He is the one individual who has been prosecuted related to these crimes. Oh wow. Yeah. And what specifically what role did he play in He fueled crimes? the helicopter that uh that Kesha both, flew. Right. Okay. How he was the one who got picked up for this who's to say? Yeah. Um, in many ways he seems like um just the one they've chosen to drop blame on. Over the course of all these events, and uh, he has I been thought, prosecuted. I, what was his sentenced. last name? Sorry, Husurianto. Hus- okay, because if just is completely unrelated, because I know again we are graduates who've been working on this case for a long time. I think the reason he was implicated in these crimes and why he was held accountable is that separately in a court of law, um, he was found responsible for the death of many children. That's incredible. I was not even aware of yeah, this. Yeah, and I don't want to talk about really the details of those crimes because mm-hmm. it's a whole other to do. We'll probably cover that in a future episode. I would have to imagine, but I believe it was the prosecution of those crimes that kind of led into these, and then it was just a whole can of worms. And um, now here Which we he are. also consumed on a frequent basis, he those cans of worms. He really did. He would make children consume them as well. He would, you know like that scene from, the, from, from that dog movie from Disney? No. Lady and the Tramp, where they'd slurp spaghetti. Please stop here before you go any further. Well, I don't want to speculate as a graduate um, of, 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 of... Yale. Yale. So... Top of your class. No. No, I was firmly in the middle. I was an average student at best. So... Okay. Yeah. It's just a shame to see that people haven't been held accountable because Hans was on the outskirts of this crime. Mm-hmm. Again, Kesha was more firmly involved, but even beyond her, the Dwayne, 
Don't call him that, Grayson. You really need to stop calling that. Take the power away from him. He's not the rock. He's not this force. He doesn't deserve the power that you're giving him. He's a weak man. The Bloodwood Podcast man. reached out to Dwayne the Rock Johnson about six months ago. Um, during still our investigation before these uh, records have become public, and even over the course of the records becoming public now, we have uh, received nothing but radio silence. Do you care to elaborate on what I do. that again, interaction this, has This been? investigation has been underway since 2017, since November of 2017. Okay, Grayson, we were just 17-year-olds at the time. Mm-hmm at high school in San Antonio, you know, starting on our journey to really dig into these crimes. Our passion has always been law. Our passion has always been justice. Mm -hmm. High schoolers at Yale University. And with a tip from our friend back in 2017, we really dug into this case and we we had it in our minds. This is going to be at least what we're doing for the first part of our careers this is where we really need to dig in this we need to hold Dwayne accountable and we, we've spent the past six years doing exactly that trying to gather all the research before we can do just that you know um and so very early on into this investigation maybe 2018 2019 or so you know it was around like the winter of 2018 we sent an email to Dwayne Johnson's team um asking him for comment on this case just going right to the horse's mouth uh to see if there was any insight they could provide and it's a long shot right like mm-hmm. why would the person we're trying to hold accountable the person which we're, we're, we're really digging into all the dirt on why would he respond to us and just like we expected we didn't get anything back from Dwayne. you mm-hmm. know it was absolute silence that um, is until that is until um, just yesterday, uh, I I was just I, I got that notification from Gmail that said, "Oh, your space is running out. You have to delete emails." I was like, oh, "Okay, Gmail," and I went into our spam folder, and there was mm-hmm. only one email there, and it was actually a 500 gigabyte <laughs> email from Dwayne Johnson's team. Um, many bizarre documents attached. Many. Most one them, relevant. One relevant. The, the others, all the other 499 plus gigabytes worth of files um, were Asian hate speech. Uh, but the one file that was... In pre- various forms, actually. <laughs> various. They were quite diverse. Um, but the one that was relevant to our case, and we had our, our editor, Stephen, go through all of them, um, was this audio from The Rock that um, Grayson, I think we should play now. Yeah, let's go ahead and put this out publicly. It'll also be available on our profile on youtube.com forward slash the boy boy does porn. Let's play that audio now. I killed them. I killed them all. They're dead. Every single one of them, not just the Libyan men, but the Libyan women and the Libyan children too. They're like animals and I slaughtered them like animals. I hate them. Wow. And I, I really don't know what further explaining we need to do. That email was dated um, November 29th of 2017. Incredible stuff. Really, truly. Um, and so the real question after all of this, after everything we detailed is, what now? And I... I've done a lot of soul searching, Grayson, mm-hmm. as I'm sure you've done. It's been six years since we started this investigation. And I don't know if I can necessarily say we're quite wrapped up yet. Of course, 
there's everything involving Kesha. There's everything involving that weird fucking Hans guy, right? Um, I've I've done a lot of introspection. I've done a lot of extrospection, and I just I've I've thought about what what am I looking to come away from this case with? What what would be justice served to the victims of Alice Luangia? What would be I mean even us we've endured six years of quite frankly trauma i think torment we are just as much victims as were the families at the as Market that day exactly mm-hmm. as Janah. um so while those victims aren't here today we still are and as the people who uh the rock sorry Dwayne, most uh, should be held accountable too as the people most affected by him in all mm-hmm. these events. As really honorary citizens of Alastair Luongo. I would say that's fair. I've learned the language of Spanish. And I, we have to say, what do we need to move forward? What do we need? What mm-hmm. is justice in this scenario? And after a lot of looking inward, I think I've come to the answer, Grace, and I think mm-hmm. you've come to the same one. Mm-hmm. We just want Dwayne to say sorry. Absolutely. Yeah. A public apology. A public apology. Um, if you would just come forward and apologize um, for making us do this a whole investigation. Six years of our lives. Grayson, we were 17 when we started this podcast. We are both 23 now. Well, That's, those are our prime years. Mm-hmm. We've dedicated to this. We've we've given up love lives. We've given up social lives. We've given up really the college experience. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, so if the rock could just say sorry, just say sorry, just say sorry. If not to the to Alice Evelwangians, he murdered. Just to us. to us. Just please to us. Just say sorry. Just say that you didn't mean it. Just say, just, dear boy, oh boy, I'm sorry. Love the rock. Exactly. We'll forgive you. Exactly. Or, honestly, just say that you didn't mean it. Just say it was a prank. Any, like just, if it was just a prank, man, then we'll get it. We, honestly, we under, we're really understanding. But until that happens, Dwayne... You're a monster. You are. Think about what you did to those 90-plus Alice Stevalawangians. Think about the bullets you put in their heads. Think about the fire you spread across those towns. The poor kittens. The children. The kittens. The The short bus. The short bus. The short bus was lost in all of this. The short bus was full. Think about the bus driver that you killed that day. Think about his family. Think about Janah. Think about the mother and children that nursed you back to health, Dwayne. Think about every life that you took that day. Think about how precious they were. Think about how loving they were. Think about the potatoes and mustard. Think about them. A delicacy lost. And for what? And for what? What did you gain? You make a promise with the FBI. They say, we'll make you the biggest thing in Hollywood. Okay, you're there. And now what? James Gunn is cucking you? Is that what you want? Vin Diesel's back with the with the Fast and the Furious. Is that what you want? Your career is it, it's the worst it's been. 
you're falling off. All those lies in for what, Dwayne? Just for you to fall off? It's embarrassing. Honestly, that might have been your peak. It's only been downhill from there. Think about what you took from this world and apologize to us. And with that, we say goodbye, everybody. Adios. It's the podcast you never